You ever bought something that you wanted, something you needed maybe, uh, something that you had big plans for, and you order it, uh, you wait for it to come in, it comes in, you carry it in the house, in the living room, you tear the box open, and, and you're excited about this thing, and you open the box, and there are all these pieces, all these pieces. Some of them are numbered, some of them have letters, some of them have numbers, and letters that are all taped up. I don't know why they, they wrap it up and there's shrink wrap and there's tape and there's a bag of bolts and there's a bag of nuts and there's a goofy wrench. There always has to be a goofy wrench there. There's an Allen wrench. You have to have an Allen wrench for that project. And you lay it all out, all of the pieces, and you're like, no way. There's no way this is what I ordered. There's no way this is what's on the box. There's no way this is ever going to go together. No way it'll ever work. Let me just say, I hate that. Uh, I'll pay anything for something pre-assembled. I really don't care. But you got it all laid out, and you start to put it together, and you put the A to the B, and you get the goofy wrench, and you put a, a bolt number four in there, and you start to put it together, and you put the C with the D, and you get the Allen wrench, and you tighten that up. You take another blood pressure pill and you're going along and you're going along and you look at the picture and you keep going and then it starts to look like something and you keep going, hey, this, this might turn out, this might work and then you start to see it. This is it. It's, it's coming together. Tonight we come to the end of the 20th chapter of John. There is one chapter left, and we have seen all of the pieces, all of the pieces, 20 chapters of pieces, and we've seen them come together. And now, tonight, as we close out the 20th chapter, if, if we step back a little bit, if we pull back a little bit, we start to see the whole thing. And what a marvelous thing it is. They're pieced together from the first chapter and added to in the third chapter and revealed to us in the fourth chapter and explained in the sixth and the seventh chapter and added to in the 14th chapter. All, all of the pieces come together. One more piece and then one more piece and all the bolts start to fit together. And then it comes together and there it stands, his masterpiece, the revelation of the truth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. There he is, the good news. What a marvelous thing it is. What a marvelous thing he is. Isn't that what has happened in these days? Isn't that what we're seeing, what we've seen in these days in God's grace all of these pieces have come together and there stands Jesus. So beautiful, our good news, there stands Jesus. Why did God do that? I'm glad that he did, but why, why did God do that? It is because of this. He loves you and he wants you to be saved. As simple as that, as, as, as true as that, he gave us this 
the masterpiece of his word because he so loves you that he wants you to be saved. That's the truth. Tonight our message is entitled, A Masterpiece of Love. A Masterpiece of Love. Tonight we're in two verses, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. The closing out of the 20th chapter, A Masterpiece of Love. John chapter 20, tonight verses 30 and 31. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. A masterpiece of love. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 30. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for the masterpiece of your word. We're thankful for your love and your grace that has provided it for us, that has given it to us. We're thankful for the picture of our Savior, Jesus, our hope, our hope as sinners, our peace tonight. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that, that tonight on this 96th night, as we stand in awe of 96 nights that we've gotten to be able to spend time in your word, to hear from you, Lord, I pray on this 96th night that you would speak, and I pray that it would be clear, that it would be your voice through your word, and I pray, Lord, that we would see the masterpiece come together, the, the, the gospel of our Savior, Jesus. And I pray that in that, we would be blown away tonight, that we would be encouraged tonight. Lord, that we would be committed to telling others of the good news resolved tonight. Lord, I pray that in every bit of it, every piece of it, that you are known, that you're glorified. Lord, I pray if there's one and maybe many listening that do not know you. I pray, Lord, in the picture of this masterpiece that tonight they might turn to you and receive you in faith. Lord, we give you this night, we give you this time. We ask that you take it and multiply it and move through it. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> again, tonight in our verses, John is starting to sew things together. He is really starting to tie things into place. Tonight as he wraps up the 20th chapter and before he heads into the last and final chapter of his gospel, he makes it clear this is why he writes his gospel. This is why he wrote his gospel. Let me tell you something. About 97, 98 days ago, I was reading and I'm praying and I'm preparing and I had planned the first message that I did preach on that first day. But about 97, 98 days ago, I almost made this passage the very first sermon of the series. And right up to the day before, I was, I was praying about considering these being the verses of the first day of the series. In these verses, we see why do we have these words? Why would we study these words? Well, guess what? Here's the reason why. Here is the answer. Now, 
Tonight, I'm going to tell you up front, and then we're going to see it in God's word. You won't have to wait till the end. I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front, and then we're going to see it in God's word. So get this tonight. Listen to this tonight. God so loves you that he gives you his word that you might be saved. That's it. That's as simple as I can get it. That's what it boils down to. That's what John tells us here as he closes out the 20th chapter. God so loves you that he gives you his word that you might be saved. Now let's unwrap this tonight. Now for most people and for most sermons and most studies, verses 30 and 31 are treated as standalone verses. Now, all the sermons I think I've heard, all the Bible studies I've participated in, when you get to verses 30 and 31, they are treated as standalone verses. We look at the account of Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. We study his discussion with Thomas. Then we look at these two verses. And so we treat them as separate. Well, actually tonight, see this, <clears throat> It is the same flow. It is the same discussion. In fact, it is by looking at verse 29 that we are able to best understand verses 30 and 31. That's a big deal. It's in looking at the verse ahead that we're better able to understand what God is saying in verses 30 and 31. <clears throat> so let's start off and see verse 29. Go back to verse 29. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. Jesus tells Thomas he wants him to believe. Now that's the preceding set of verses. He wants to be sure for Thomas. He wants there to be no uncertainty for Thomas. He wants him to know. We see that. Well, Thomas sees, Thomas hears, and Thomas understands who Jesus is. Remember his response? He says, my Lord and my God. Well, Jesus says here, because you have seen me, have you believed? Because you've seen me, that is the reason? Now, what that means is this. <clears throat> They are believing because they knew Jesus, because they heard Jesus, because they saw Jesus. They saw his death and his resurrection. They saw him after the resurrection. To Thomas, he says, look at my hands. Put your finger in my hands. Touch my side. And so understand, the disciples seeing, they are believing. But Jesus says, blessed are those who do not see yet believe. That's what he says. Blessed are those who did not see, who do not see, and yet they believe. Now, I want you to hold on to that, and let's move forward in our verses. Let's go to verse 30 tonight. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, 
which are not written in this book. Now, we're going to understand this better because we know verse 29. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Now, the disciples had the blessing of seeing. The disciples had the benefit of seeing. And so they saw. Now, not just the signs, not just the things recorded in the Bible, in the Gospels, but according to verse 30, they saw also many other signs. And so they didn't just see what we've studied. They didn't see what we've read about. They saw, in addition to that, many other signs. Now, why is that? It's because he wanted them to believe. He wanted them to be sure. And so they didn't just see this. They saw many other signs as well. Now, I want you to be sure here. They are saved by faith in Jesus, just like we are, just like any person ever has been. They are saved by faith in Jesus. They are saved by belief. Now, Jesus showed them many signs that they would believe. Well, the Bible says, Thomas believed, my Lord and my God. He shows them these other signs that they might believe. Now, verse 31. <clears throat> but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. I'm going to read that again. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Now, stay with me. See this tonight. We saw this last night, but be sure and understand, John is writing his gospel to people who would not see Jesus, to people who would not see the resurrection. I didn't see the resurrection. He writes his gospel to people who would not reach their hands into the holes in his hands, in Jesus' hands. He, he writes the gospel to people who would not be able to touch the side of Jesus. And Jesus says, blessed are they who do not see yet believe. And so that they will believe, listen, these things have been written. And so there's some folks that got to see. We're some of the folks that we didn't get to see. And so that those folks that didn't get to see might believe these things have been written. Now, what it means is this, God loves you God so loves you that he gives you his word that in having his word, you might believe and in believing, you might be saved. Listen to me, be sure tonight, God desires that you would be saved. His will for you is that you would be saved. His hope for you is that you would be saved. God so loves you that he gives you his word, that in having his word, you might believe, and in believing, you would be saved. There is a 
growing movement, I hate to say it's growing, but it's growing, in the evangelical world that says, that teaches, God gives certain people the ability to believe. He gives certain people the means to believe, but others he does not. And that's a growing teaching in Baptist life. Sadly, that is a growing teaching. He gives some people the means to believe, the ability to believe, but for some other reason, we don't know why, for others he does not. And those that are given the ability will believe. And those that he does not give the ability, they will not believe. That's their teaching. It is a growing teaching. I believe, I don't make any apology for it, that that distorts the nature of God. I believe it changes God's nature. I believe, listen to me, it changes the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe God gives the ability to believe and the means of belief in his word. Listen to me tonight. His purpose is that in the possessing of the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that all might believe. Do you understand that? That's what I believe the gospel is. He didn't pick some and exclude others. He's not prejudiced with some reason. He doesn't want some other group. He has purposed in his word that you would have the means to believe and in believing be saved. That is his purpose. I wish I had a voice, I'd be louder right there. That is his purpose. Now let's break down verse 31. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It starts off, but. But is a word of contrast. They were blessed to see. They had the benefit to see. But John writes to those who do not. And so, but, it is a contrast. But these... Now these, it's talking about, it means these facts, these signs, these truths, these revelations of Jesus. But these, these truths, these signs about Jesus, he says this, but these have been written, have been written. Now this is talking about be sure and understand this. The written record of these facts, of these signs, of these truths, of these revelations of Jesus. It is talking about the Word of God, the Bible. It is talking about, listen to me, our Bible. Be very sure tonight how we know Jesus is through the Bible, the Word of God. That's how we know Jesus. How we know the truth of Jesus and don't get misled. The only way is through the Bible, the Word of God. How we know the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is through the Bible, the Word of God. Listen to me. That has been the wonderful part of these 96 days. That's been the wonderful part of these 96 days. It has been in the handling and the hearing of the Word of God the Bible. You want to know what was marvelous about these days? 
It was the handling and the hearing of the word of God, our Bible. Be very sure, the centerpiece of these days was not a preacher crazy enough to preach for 100 days, and it wasn't a church full of people crazy enough to come for 100 days. The centerpiece of these days was the word of God, the Bible, the story of Jesus. That is the centerpiece of these days. I got a whole sermon right there on the Bible, but I'll just save that for the next 100 days. We're gonna keep going. The centerpiece is the word of God. The centerpiece, what we preach in the church, it is the word of God. Why? Because it tells us of the Savior, Jesus. That is why the Bible is what we preach in the church today. I almost went into that sermon anyway. Verse goes on. So that... But these have been written so that. Now, what that means is there is a reason behind it. Now, this is the word of God. It is a God-given reason. It is a God-decided reason. I want you to be sure tonight, John did not write for the sake of writing. He didn't say, well, I got some time. I'm getting old. I'll write a story about this. He doesn't write for the sake of information and knowledge. Now, it's been great information. We've gained some great knowledge. That's not why he writes. No, he had a specific reason in writing. I was thinking about this. About 12, 14 years ago, and the guy's gone, so don't worry, I won't hurt his feelings. I met a guy, I didn't go to this church. I met a guy I got to know the guy, I met him, he's an older guy, we talked some, and he said, you know what, I've always wanted to write a book. I don't know why he told me that, I've always wanted to write a book. That was a big thing for this guy, I've always wanted to write a book, and he would talk about he wanted to write a book. One year, he wrote the book, he wrote a book. I guess if you, if you know somebody or pay enough money, you can get it published. He got it published. One day, he found me, and he brought me a copy of the book. And I would tell you I read it, but I didn't. I looked at it, and it was a book about his life that nobody was interested in. I don't, I don't know what it was about. It was about his life. And I, I looked at the book. It really wasn't even that interesting of a life, but he wrote a book. It was his life. I want to tell you, this has a purpose behind it, and God decided the purpose and God instilled the purpose, and there was a reason for it. Now, if you come by my office, I'll loan you that book, and you can, you can read it for yourself. There is a reason for this. There is a God-given reason for this. Now, it continues and says this. But these have been written so that you may believe. You may believe. Now, it's interesting, those three words are actually one word in the Greek language. So that you may believe. What's the reason? So that you may believe. That's the reason. So that you may believe. Now, here's the question. Who is you? Who's it talking about? So that you may believe. Well, who's the you? Well, I want you to see with this. Stay with me. From verse 29 and verse 30 and verse 31... The you is those 
who weren't seeing. Those who aren't seeing. They didn't see those things about Jesus. It is those who are reading or hearing. So listen to me. If you hear or read the you, then you are the you. That's what I'm going to tell you. If you hear the you, or if you read the you, if you listen to the sermons, and I say that you may believe, then you are the you. The reason it is written is that you may believe. Listen to me again. God wants you to be saved. How do I know that? Some folks say, well, I got to be careful. I might lead someone to Christ. God didn't intend to save them. I can't imagine getting to heaven and saying, well, (laughs) you're not on this list. He didn't want you. Some preacher lied to you. What were they doing telling you that? How do I know? Because you just heard me say you. And you means you. God desires that you would be saved. Now, what are we to be believing? That we would be believing, that you would be believing. What are we to be believing? Let's go on. It says that Jesus, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus, that Jesus. Now listen, this is talking about the specific individual Jesus, only one Jesus. It is talking about the specific individual Jesus, the Jesus that was promised in Scripture, the Jesus that is the descendant of Abraham, the Jesus that is in the line of King David, the Jesus that when he was born, the angels announced his birth, the Jesus that was born to Mary, the Jesus that was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the Jesus that was raised in Nazareth, the Jesus that was presented in the temple, the Jesus that was crucified at Calvary. You want to know what's Jesus? That Jesus, the Jesus that was raised from the dead. Now, I know I missed a bunch there, but understand, it is that Jesus. It is that person. It is that individual. That Jesus is the Christ. Now, listen, Jesus is the person, but is the Christ is the office. Christ means promised Savior of God. It literally means anointed one or marked one. Well, the one that's marked, the one that is anointed, is the promised Savior of God. It is another word for the Messiah. It is talking about from Scripture the hope of Israel, the hope of nations, the hope of sinners. And so you're supposed to believe Jesus is the Christ. Now it goes on. It says, not only the Christ, but the Son of God. The Son of God. Now what this means is he's the Savior from God because he is the Son of God. He is the third member of the Trinity. Now listen, if if this is messed up, you're missing Jesus. He is the third member of the Trinity. He is God. He is fully God. Because he is God, he is eternal, able to redeem eternally. Because he is God, he is powerful, 
able to save because he is God. He's the creator of life. So he's able to give life that is physical and life that is spiritual. Do you remember all those pieces? We've assembled all of those pieces. And so we have the word of God that we would believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. At the end of the verses, it says in his name. Now that's important. That means the totality of who he is. We've seen that before. The totalness of who Jesus is. It is the truth and the full truth of who Jesus is. He is the Savior. He is the Christ. He is the Son of God. The purpose is that you'd believe and that believing you may have life. In believing that you will have life. It is talking about new life. We've assembled these pieces. It's talking about spiritual life. It is talking about eternal life. We've covered a lot of ground tonight. Let me just sum it up like this. Maybe you've heard this before. All of this means this. God so loves you that he gives you his word that you may be saved. That's what it means. Friends, I want to tell you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Is that no sin is too great. No distance is too far. And God has not forgotten you and God has not forsaken you. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, listen to me tonight, is this. He so loves you that he gives you his marvelous word that you may be saved. Listen, that is why the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. That is why faith comes by hearing and the hearing the word of Christ. He loves you so much. He gives you his word that you might be saved. Here's the plea tonight. So believe. Believe. There's nothing, there's nothing left to, to know. There's nothing left you need. You don't need a sign. Some folks say, if I could get a sign, he said, this is what you have instead of a sign. Here is the truth of Jesus. You can believe tonight, and in believing tonight, you can be saved. So believe. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come tonight, we just praise you. We thank you, we worship you. Lord, I'm thankful for your love that's so great. Thankful for your love that's so gracious and how you show it to us as sinners, your mercy, your kindness. Thankful for the good news of your gospel. That not, not something you ask us to do, but we can't do it. You give us your word, you call us to do it. Not something that we would come and have to work and run and run and work and not achieve it, Lord. It's, it's available by faith, not of any work. So I'm thankful for the forgiveness of sin tonight. I'm thankful for peace with God tonight. Thankful for eternal life tonight, all through Jesus. Lord, I'm so thankful you want to show us that. Lord, I pray tonight for two things. I, I pray for those that do not know you. Some may be in this room, some may be somewhere else. I pray that they would hear the good news tonight, that you love them, that you want them, 
that you desire a relationship with them, that you want to spend eternity with them, so much so that you made a way through Jesus. I, I pray they hear that tonight. I pray it resonates with their heart tonight. I pray that in hearing that, they're, they're willing and they're ready to turn and reject and repent of their sin and turn to you and receive you in faith. And Lord, I pray the second part of this tonight would be this. We as the church would be ambassadors of that good news. And we would hear how good it is. We would see how gracious you are. And we would carry that news to a lost world that's perishing, hopeless without that good news. I pray, Lord, that we, it would just well up in our heart that we would think about it as we drive out of here tonight, Lord. What good news we have. Lord, I pray that you've been pleased in these 96 days. I pray that you've been pleased in this hour. I pray in this time of invitation that you would work and that you would move. We trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close tonight with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you that the good news stands tonight. The good news is offered to us, to you tonight. The Bible says this, we've sinned. All of us are sinners. The Bible says in our sin, we've earned a punishment. Death, we're hopeless in our sin. Nothing we can do about our state in our sin. Bible says God loves us so much that he sends his only begotten son. He comes and he, he lives as the remedy for sin, the lamb of God. He never sins. He goes to the cross. He pays the price for sin to redeem us, to purchase us back. He settles it in the cross of Calvary. He dies your death. He dies my death. They put him in a grave. Three days later, he walks out of the grave and he stands as the risen Savior, the hope of sinners, the victor. The Bible says if we profess with our mouth what we believe in our heart, if we claim Jesus as our Savior, our Lord, the Bible says this, in simple faith, he'll save you. He'll save us. Listen, if you've never done that, do that tonight. If you've never settled that, settle it tonight. If you've heard this for 96 nights, don't grow cold to that. That's our good news tonight. Praise the Lord for that. If you're here and you've made that decision, but you've never fallen in believer's baptism, I want to give you an opportunity as well to come and say, I want that testimony to stand. You come, it'll be a great day of celebration. We'll set a date for it. You're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it. You believe God has led you here. You come as well. And together we'll serve gladly his, his cause, upholding his word until he comes again. Maybe tonight you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you're facing something in your life and you want to carry it to him in prayer. You come on, we'll take care of that as well. Nothing is too big. Nothing's too small. Maybe you want to pray for these last few days. God will be glorified. That God will be seen. That God would speak. Now, for those that need to hear, that they would come and they would hear for these videos as they go out. Maybe you want to come and pray at an altar for this movement. I'm going to ask no one to stir about, no one to head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. If God has spoken to you as we stand and sing, you step out and you come on, I'll meet you here.